All right, folks, welcome to another episode of the Crushcast. Today, one of my all-time favorites, Shar Ranskra. Shar, thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me, Jim. You and I had a parallel path. When I go back to the crisis of 2008, you were serving as the chair of the NAF. And at that time, it was the old guard. Today, it's honor guard. And I was the president of the old guard. And wow, what a stretch that was. Thanks for joining us today, by the way. Thank you. Glad to be here. Let's go back to that stretch. What a time to be the chair of the NAF going through all of that. What, what do you recall from that stretch? Well, actually, you know, the, the main thing that I get from the NAF is, you know, it's an opportunity for people in the field to that serve to know how things work at the home office. And, you know, it's it's hard when you're out in the field to understand all the inner workings and what goes into everything. Um, in a difficult time like that, I remember we talked a lot about, you know, the strength of the company and, and that type of thing. But um, it's always... Um, it's just collaboration. And I think really, I think I was the first person that came up with um, partnership, uh, progress through partnership. And that's really what it is uh, because it's an opportunity also for the home office to know what the needs are in the field. And we represent our clients too, to you. And it's just a win, win, win all the way around. And so it made a big difference to me. Um, I was encouraged uh, way back when to, uh, be a branch. I was. I actually was a branch um, rep, and then I was encouraged to run for the executive committee. And I'm, I'm really, really glad I did because I, you know, you meet so many great people through it, both at the home office and through the field. Uh, exchange of ideas. It's just, um, I, I, it's very unique to our company. I would say. It is unique. You, you learn a lot, but I think you also contribute to the broader decision-making and future of the company. And that is what is so unique. And again, I think back at not just your experience in the, the NAF, but that crucial stretch and all mm -hmm. of the challenges that we all faced. As you reflect back on that, are there one or two moments that stood out as really important or where you learned a bunch? Well, I learned a bunch at every meeting that I went to back yeah. then. It was Kip who was in, in charge. and. Um, one of the things that I remember, and this might not be associated particularly with that time, but we were talking about uh, disasters. I think there was a uh, an agent whose office had burned down. And so we were talking about dealing with emergencies and those types of yes. things. And, and then I remember relating uh, about when... Uh, we watched the tornado go through our backyard and I was hoping it was my house and not the office. <laughs> but I mean, but that we had a lot of discussions around that, yeah. you know, what if something happens, you know, and that yeah. had to do with the technology and being able to retain your information. I remember that as one of the big topics back then, even through, you know, before and after that uh, time period that you're talking about. Well, as ever, when we're challenged, we find out what we're truly capable of as individuals and in groups and as teams. Right. Another thing is people hear your name, a lot of people would say, now I know Shar, and the reason that they know you, Shar, is because for the last 10 years at the Hall of Fame ceremony, at our largest recognition event of the year at the NLF, you have had the honor 
of introducing every Hall of Fame member, and no one does it like you. What has that experience been like for you? Well, I it's truly an honor. I really, really see it as an honor. And I remember myself going way back. That's one ceremony I always wanted to sit there for because it just kind of made me, it gave me the chills when, and I know that um, uh, Al Papa did it a couple of years and he wasn't able to one year. And that's when I think it was Eve Janutsis asked, hey, could you do it? And I thought, wow, you know, and to me, I want to try to instill the same thoughts in the audience that go through my mind when because it, it signifies loyalty longevity um you know doing what's right for our clients on a consistent basis and i just think it's a very important milestone uh, no matter what your production is you know because it does signify good production throughout for 10 years and it's kind of a family and so especially when we review those in the past, you know, who have passed away. I think that's very important to, to everyone in the room at the time. It's such a resounding and special ceremony. That moment when the names are on the screen and we're remembering, and we've all had that, where we see a name and we knew that advisor well and they impacted us. And I'm so proud that we always celebrate their memory and that we truly never forget them. Well, you do such an amazing job with that. Thank you so much. I remember, though, thinking um, I actually had dinner. This was with uh, when I was on the I think I was the chair then or the um, and Al, Ralph Borchek. I had dinner yeah. with him. We had yes. the, two nights before he passed away. And then the next year I ended up, you know, yeah. saying his name. And and you think, well, it's going to be mine sometime, too. You know, our, and it's our just, day, it comes. Yeah. Yeah, and, it does. And for those of us that have sat in the audience and we have lost a colleague that we're very close to when we see that name flash again, I'm, I'm just proud of our firm that this is something that we do as a legacy to honor those who have contributed so much. And I think it means a lot to, you know, really almost every equitable yeah. person. It's a special moment. Well, and you you do it so well. Now, in terms of where you are in your life, my understanding is you have sold your practice, 30-year career. Can right. you talk just a little bit about that transition? What's that been like for you? Well, you know, uh, let's just say the third time's a charm. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't always go right. You know, I had several other possibilities. Um, I had a gal that I mentored uh, for a year and a half and suddenly left abruptly. Um, had a couple of guys interested and they ended up breaking up with each other and which was all, you know, for the good. Uh, later on, I had a young man in college finance. Uh, he was a finance major, uh, Justin, and he walked into my office and asked if he could intern. And he had already interned across the street at one of the banks. And uh, so I said, yeah. And uh, he ended up really liking the variety of what we all deal with. Uh, as opposed to even the bank, because then he really, he enjoyed it. He stayed with me. He had an opportunity when he graduated to go with the bank, but um, he stuck with me. And I, I learned, I think, from my previous ex uh, experience to have him sit through all of my appointments, know my clients well. And, you know, previously, I think I thought, well, somebody needs to train this person. Um, but when it comes right down to it, you know your own clients and the clients have to love this person too and know them 
And uh, I wanted very badly for my clients to be treated in the same way that, that I treated them. And so it's worked out really well. Justin is, uh, you know, right out of college. He's, well, he's been with me now five and a half years. And uh, he's very mature for his age. He's joined um, a nice study group and uh, really, you know, working hard at it. And I just couldn't um, be happier about the whole transition. I'm still involved to a degree. Sure. Any, any guidance? I'm sure there'll be people listening to this that are either interested in raising their hand to partner with somebody and purchase a book. And also there will be those that are like, oh, geez, I, I need to figure out yeah. my business continuity plan. Any guidance? Well, you know, my situation might be different than some because I'm in a small town of 4,000 people, but I wanted, uh, what we actually did was he was an RSA broker uh, under me. And then uh, when we transitioned, I did take a, I took a retirement contract, but then I'm an RSA broker under him now. Um, because we wanted to be able to, you know, make sure he kept up with the production and, and all of that. And it's worked out extremely well because uh, that enables him to, you know, regularly pay me and uh, involves me. You know, I can uh, participate in cases. Uh, I do not in all of them, but in, when I'm involved, I do. So it's, I think it's for me, it was definitely the, the answer I was looking for. And it's worked out just great crucial for every one of our advisors to have a strategy here. The last thing I want to raise with you, and you and I both know how pervasive this is, your, your current battle with cancer. Can you share where you are today? And also, of course, there are going to be all sorts of folks listening that either themselves have been treated and are in recovery or they know someone. Can you, can you tell us where you are on your journey right now? Yes, I had treatments um, a year ago and I was in remission. My doctor thought for a year and a half to two years, but it ended up being six months. So then I uh, went into another series or cycle of six treatments, which con contained uh, three different chemos. And so my goal was to get finished just before I came down here. I started in August again and I'm down in Marco Island. I'm going to finish up. But what happened is... Um, some of the, uh, one of the treatments kind of wanted to break down my blood and everything like that. So I'm going into maintenance right now. So it's going to be a chemo every three weeks, but you know, it's amazing, Jim. And I know you experience this too, the support that you get, not only from family, friends, community, equitable family. You know, we are, I really see our culture as a family. You know, when you go to the NLF too, it's like, old home week, seeing old friends and uh, newer friends, <laughs> uh, young friends. It's just, uh, so the support to me means a lot. And it kind of made me think, wow, I think I've maybe fall short on some of the support I give folks, because even in my community, younger women who had breast cancer would bring me meals, stuff like that. It's amazing. And well, I'm sure first off, here's to your strength. Here's to your recovery. Here's to you finding everything that you need so that you can fully beat this. You look amazing. And can you share your mindset? As you've had a diagnosis and then a, another recommendation to go yeah. to treatment, can you share what your, your headset has been? Uh, you know, very at the initial time, you know, you, you kind of panic because you don't know anything. Once I saw my oncologist, whom I love, he, you know, they said, 
we have a plan. And so I'm good if I have a plan. And I've my whole life has been you do what you have to do. And I do think there's a gentleman in our church, too, who came up to me. He's like in his 80s. And he said, when I was young, I had cancer. And he said, you know, the attitude is everything. And honestly, I believe that's true. And you have to believe in what you're doing. Um, I've seen cases where people didn't and it didn't turn out as well. So I'm I feel very, very fortunate. So it really is mindset, belief, faith faith in the doctors, faith in your own body to recover. And I agree with you, the support that you get from others, whether it is an encouraging word, a message, you truly feel it, don't you? I mean, it makes you feel stronger and better. It does. It does. Yep. And you just have to deal with things as they come to you. I mean, that's how I've lived my life. You know, I started in this business as a single mom and you just, you know, keep doing what you need to do and it works out but you have to be um, determined. Well, Shar, you are a force. Whether it is taking care of your clients or whether it's leading the NAF or whether it's assisting an advisor in honoring the promises and commitments you made to your clients or inspiring others on how they can face challenge, you're an inspirational force. Final question for you. As you're in Marco Island, (laughs) And enjoying some time and thinking about this new year, what are you most excited about in 2024? Ah, that's a good question. Uh, Did a lot of traveling last year, so maybe I'll do some travel, but um, I'm still excited about what goes on at the office, you know, but um, I think my goal is to gradually transition out a little bit over the next couple of years, Uh, but I need to be busy when I'm back in town where um, my office is. I go to the office because I'm probably the most comfortable there. So maybe I need to concentrate on doing other things. <laughs> but uh, I'm still excited for Justin and I want to help him as much as I can. And I've also been involved in um, mentoring a, a gal out in LA who's more in the Korean community. And we have a you know, it's surprising how much you have in common with people that maybe in a you know metropolitan area versus rural. And I get real excited about helping others like that. That, That's exactly what I was just thinking. You are all about helping others in any possible way, in any, there are always common connections, but it seems like your whole journey is one of reaching out and helping others. Well, there's a lot of great people out there and you want them to, you know, to do what they can do in their lives. Well, I've loved this discussion. Here's to your strength, Shar. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it.